Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Zone Time, brand new episode for your ear holes. These are the special guests for this week's edition. Omar from In The Mentions is here. Avery Lewis McDougal from the Hockey News and SI and all the other fun stuff also here today. We will rely on your fashion expertise at some point in the show. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of fashion, Justin Cuthbert of Yahoo Sports is here. And uh, I'd like to think we have some stuff in common, but uh, we happen to be wearing the same Nike Just Do It hat today. Mm. Well, you are biting my style because I did come on here with the hat on. Wow. You, of okay. course, did not right. have the hat on. Now it's on. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of honored in a way, but uh, I mean, there is probably a question of who's wearing it better. Okay. I was, well, really uh, uh, say, I was also going to bring up, like, is Justin's going to just, like, like let it go that he had it first? or? <laughs> Oh, uh, let it be known up. that Justin made it made it known that uh, he was inspired by me having the hat. But you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to put you on blast today. <laughs> Let's actually put some other stuff on blast today. Speaking of blast, uh, the team that has Blasty on their jerseys on one of their alternate jerseys. This is a really bad segue. Just go with it. Let's just talk about the Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Okay. They're supposed to be two of the best teams in the national hockey league right now. And the battle of Alberta, we already know how lit it can be. And there's the potential for it to be even crazier than what we've seen it in years past. The Edmonton Oilers, obviously with two heart trophy candidates and Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, uh, you can debate all you want between who's actually the Hart Trophy candidate, who's most deserving right now. I don't feel, really feel you can pick a loser between those two. They're trying to figure out the goaltending, but they're still in a really good spot right now with the talent that they have. And then you have the Calgary Flames, who are led by Daryl Sutter, and everyone groaned about the fact that Daryl Sutter was going to be behind the bench, and lo and behold, the defense is good, the goaltending's been good. To this point, they've had seven shutouts. Seven shutouts. That's insane for the Calgary Flames. It leads us to this. Who is the best team in Alberta right now? And I'll even extend it to this next question. In a seven-game series in the postseason, who are you picking and why? Omar, you're thinking about it. I'm going to start with you. Yeah. Um, I think first what I need to do is I need to apologize to Leon Dreisaitl. Um, he's had a disgusting year because like then i i have dry settle one one of my fantasy teams and this guy is just giving me like goals left and right and so i'll I'll give him credit the credit there um but i I think the interesting thing right is that 
if you're looking just on paper, who's better between the Oilers and 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 uh, the Flames? It's it's hard not to say the team that has Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl on it isn't the better team, just because they, those two in particular are disgusting. Now, when it comes to in a uh, like looking at a playoff series, I think you can argue that Calgary is playing a more reliable style of game right now. Julian, you brought up in the number of shutouts that they've had. And yes, you know, the goaltending has been amazing. I want to say Markstrom has like a 942 save percentage right now, but just the team itself is actually playing a more reserved style. And actually I looked at the numbers um before we started recording. They actually allow a lot few a few regular scoring chances and high danger scoring chances as well relative to the Oilers. And I think when it comes to the playoffs, when it comes to playing that more reserved style, I'd have to give, you know, a nod to the flames in that sense, especially for the sense where you have a coach like Daryl Sutter who knows how to win in the playoffs. And I know we, it's, it's been a while since his days with the, with the Kings. Um, but if, if right now the playoffs start, the playoffs start, I think I'd have to give it, uh, give it to the Calgary flames. All right. Who wants to go next? All right. I'll go next. And first of all, I'm glad to see you, Omar, Eating some crow. I'm is glad that, to see you on the Andrade title. What is that? Wait, wait, wait. That what is my seven iron. What? This is my seven that's iron. What? Golf course. That's your what? <laughs> what is that? No, you have for the people listening on the podcast. By the way, subscribe to the podcast. For this week, can you please describe what the heck that was? What did you just wave at us? I told you, Julie, it's my seven iron. Look. Oh my god. Okay, so so a, okay. I thought it I was thought awesome. it, I thought it was something completely different, bro. Oh my I god. thought What's it was on your mind? I don't oh. know what that was, bro. I don't That's know why so you have fun. a random golf club just swinging around where you're sitting at, but <laughs> by all so means, fun. just go ahead and finish your point. Okay. Oh, my point is that, that I do I will give the edge Edmonton in a seven game series. I do think that was right though. The flames um do, don't allow very, very high danger chances. But I think the Oilers, like they always do, will find a way to outscore their problems. They've done it so far, even though this team has Darnell Nurse out with a broken finger, even though Mike Smith is gone, even though the goalie tandem right now is Costin and Stuart Skinner, who have having a great run so far. I think the Oilers mm-hmm. will find a way to outscore their problems in a seven-game series against the Tiger Flames somehow. Okay, I don't have a prop, but I'll try to make my point <laughs> anyway. Uh, I mean, I think both teams are riding what would be considered unsustainable, right? Yeah. You know, you've got Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, 150-point projections. Then you on the other side, you've got like a 960 save percentage at even strength for the Calgary Flames. Now, if you look at both of them, which is more unsustainable? Well, I actually think Leon and Connor could probably sustain 150-point paces, but I know damn well that the Calgary Flames are not going to be performing at 960, their goaltenders, throughout the entire season. So I do believe that the Edmonton Oilers are more real in the context of a regular season. But if the question is playoffs, I I think that makes it more interesting. And I think it's actually perfect because we're talking about John Tortorella and Connor McDavid maybe changing his game and all that. Well, the Calgary Flames are setting themselves up as the perfect foil for a team like Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl and the Edmonton Oilers, who depend on outscoring their problems, as Avery mentioned. So I think that sort of juxtaposition is very interesting. But if I'm picking a team, picking a team that I want to cheer for, that I think is going to win more games, that I actually do think would win a playoff series, I think it's the Oilers because they're not doing anything unsustainable right now, maybe at all, because their superstars are that good. And they're covering up you know, for the fact that their goaltending is not ideal right now with Mike Smith out 
and Darnell Nurse is missing time. I think they are more real just within the first segment of this season. For that reason, I'll go. Another yeah, thing I want to add too is just like the the way that the Flames are playing. Like right now, we're noticing that like grinding style is there. To play that in a postseason where you're going through the adrenaline of a series by series and, you know, going up against like f- up to four different teams, it's one thing. To go through that in an 82-game schedule, like I'm sure you're going to get tired and bogged down at some point. The start that they had might be very different at a middle part of the year. Already guys like Elias Lindholm, who had an amazing start to the year, aren't necessarily scoring at the same rates that they were at the beginning of this year. So we're already starting to see that some of the stuff that was pretty wild to see for the Flames at the start – Starting to taper off just a little bit, but not so bad to the point that they're going to fall off of, of, of wherever spot that they're at in the Pacific Division. I hate the fact that I have to pick the Flames in a seven-game series over the Edmonton Oilers because I have seen it so many times before that the team that grinds the opponent down defensively and does everything they can to lock off the best possible town on the other team has proven to win in the end. You can go to Omar and ask how the first round series went for the Leafs last year. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner had nothing. How? How did that even happen? How did that even happen? How did that even happen? What? What? That—that's literally what happened. I mean, when I saw the rundown, I knew it was going to that at some point. Uh, Come on. You can't be a don't be a dunce, my guy. You knew it was gonna come up. You yeah. knew what it was when you signed up. The Montreal Canadiens played a style that bogged down the Toronto Maple Leafs, and they had to rely on secondary scoring to get them out there. If the Edmonton Oilers are in a situation where they go up against the Calgary Flames and they find a way to shut down both Leon Drysidle and Connor McDavid. Who is going to have to step up? You're going to have to lean on guys like Kyler Yamamoto uh, to get some extra protection in. How much is Derek Ryan going to be able to contribute from the third line? And others, some of the younger guys on this team. Not to say they are void of talent on the Edmonton Oilers. They're, they could easily find a way. And hey, we talked about this on the Yahoo Sports Hockey podcast on over the weekend, Justin. This trade deadline coming up for them, so integral for them to get pieces that will help them through to get to the playoffs and get to that trophy that is so desired in Edmonton. One of those pieces they might have to fetch go out and fetch is another secondary scoring option that can help offload some of the responsibility that could be thrust upon Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl the Flames I think they might have what it takes to beat the Edmonton Oilers in a series only because they're following a blueprint that so many other teams including Daryl Sutter's LA Kings have done before and I hate it because I want to see an offensive team outscore its problems and be dominant in the playoffs and win games like 7-5. Who cares? I want that. I don't I don't want this defense stuff. Like that's that's boring yeah. to a certain extent. And I didn't mention Julian, you didn't say um scoring. I want to mention they are getting production from Jesse Puliarvi and Him Zach too. Hyman. Yeah. He's been yes. stepping up in a major way. Those two have been stepping up in major ways. And Zach Hyman, like when he and gets to the net on the old power play, he, when Hyman gets to the net, it is near impossible to get him away from the net. He has scored so many of his goals within five feet so far this year. That contract is really good right now. That deal is looking great right now in the be- beginning of it. Yeah, let's, let's, let's not rub it in too much. <laughs> Why not? Why not go there? No, but, 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 actually, I kind of want to oh my God. But I kind of want to go back to something that Justin said about sustainability. And, like, there's some aspects of, like, what we're seeing on Calgary that, yeah, definitely isn't sustainable. Like, Andrew Mangiapane is, 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 is what, shoot, scoring at, like, what, 30%? Like, there's, there's no way that keeps up. There's no way that keeps happening. And at the same time, you also have, like, you know, other aspects of the team. 
And when you look at the Oilers, like it's you know it's McDavid, it's Drysaitel, yes, you know Puliyarvi and and Hyman have been, have been pitching in, but for the most part, you know. You know, to Julian's point, they are kind of relying on the stars to an extent. And as Avery, as you brought up, you know, they can outscore their problems. Whereas for when you look at Calgary, again, aside from the 33% shooting percentage, you know, the scoring is a little more spread out a little a little bit. Where I think if there are those moments where, you know, uh, this particular player kind of gets like honed in or, or, or a focus on, I think they do kind of have the depth or be signs of the depth to be able to, to outwork that. Now that's right now. I think late. I think down the line. I think Edmonton will actually have a lot more pieces that can kind of score throughout. Again, I've been a big fan of Warren Fogle and what he's been able to bring to them. Or his um, a forward group uh, so far. But I do think it'll be interesting to see at the deadline, uh, which between the two end up adding some type of top 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 six winger or middle six winger that can contribute offensively when you know they have those moments where you know McDavid and Dryside are being contained because I think that's going to be the big difference and especially if you're thinking about a, um, a series between the Oilers and the Flames where one team off seems off you know a lot more comfortable you know shutting things down and kind of getting into a more of a defensive structure of style I think it'll be more important maybe for Edmonton to add that extra piece such that you know on a any day if McDavid or Drysaddle are being contained, that they, they still have options that can contribute offensively. Just lastly on the topic of sustainability, I do have to give the Calgary Flames credit because everything except the save percentage has been impressive and sustainable mm-hmm. when you look at the results. Like if we're talking about, you know, scoring chance share, shot share, everything else, it's like 55%. That's really good stuff and the type of number that would predict that they're going to have, you know, success moving forward, perhaps not to the extent that they've had but their underlying numbers are very, very good. And everything with the exception of that save percentage is pretty sustainable and rock solid. So you have to give them credit. So Avery, I know you're well-connected in Edmonton. Uh, Just send this message collectively from all of us here at Zone Time to Ken Holland. Uh, Make trades at the trade deadline and, uh, you know, trade for Ben Sherrod. Interesting. That too. Also trade for Ben Sherratt, because I think even though he's a defenseman, guy who can skate, big dude, is able to produce offensively as well, might be able to help out in a tough series against a team like the Calgary. Let just, me call Ken right now. Th- yeah, do that Ken? if you can. Yeah, yeah. Julie McKinley said to trade for Ben ah. Sherratt. Mm-hmm. More props, baby. Yeah. Is, wait, is Ben Sherratt a, is ben Sherratt a UFA this year? He is in the final year of his contract. He is one of oh, the few assets that much... He's he's one of the few assets the Montreal Canadiens could actually offload this year because as my my colleague uh, Marc Antoine Godin brought up in the Athletic, I think the Canadians have the most guys on like three year plus contracts of anyone in the league. Like, good luck wow. trying to offload guys like Tyler Tafol. I mean, he's at a pretty decent rate, but good luck trying to offload some of the guys that they have considering the contracts that they have. Ben Sherrod mm-hmm. is one of the few assets on expiring contracts they could actually offload. And he should be somebody who I think a lot of teams should be looking into his services. And I think he'd probably fit well for a team like Edmonton, who they have the flash. They might need a little bit more in the lunch pail department. Get a guy like Ben Sherrod, who's able to contribute in both areas. Mm-hmm. I'm here for just that. some advice. Just some advice here. Um, so I, I think it seems as if we're 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 on the side that says, you know what. We like the Edmonton Oilers a lot, but the Calgary Flames, except, except for Avery, Avery was pretty loyal to the Oilers on this one. It seems as if we think the flat, the Flames. I'm, are going I'm to... Oilers too. Split. Yeah, just okay. me. All right. So, so Omar and I say the Flames would win in a seven-game series. 
Yeah. Uh, Avery and Justin, who, by the way, we cannot uh, play down his Alberta connections as well. Uh, he picks the Edmonton Oilers. They both picked the Edmonton Oilers in the seven-game series. Okay. Yeah, All right. Good to know. We'll go back to this uh, if we end up with the Battle of Alberta playoff series at some point in the postseason. Let's move on to another segment uh, before we discuss fashion which I'm very much looking forward to before the end of the podcast. And uh, if you're up in the NHL world and you saw that uh, jersey going around from New Jersey, you know exactly what we're talking about. But before we get to that point, uh, most impressive bounce back season candidates. There have been some guys this year who have uh, done pretty decent uh, after it looked as if we we're going to write them off after past performances. Uh, I mean, like my pick personally, or I don't know how much you guys are going to go for it. And if I'm sorry, if I'm stepping on toes here, I got a front row seat. I mean, not a front row seat, but a decent enough view uh, for a Matt Duchesne natural hat trick over the weekend. And that is a guy who, for whatever reason in Nashville, uh, is finally starting to produce at close enough to the rate that the Predators wanted to see him do when they signed him to that contract and they lured him. Remember, he was uh, that free agent was bouncing around from all these different teams. He was in Colorado and then Ottawa. I think he was in Columbus at 1.2. Like, this is a guy who, you know, he just wanted his country music, man. He just wanted to chill out in Nashville. <laughs> he gets what he wants, and pretty much it feels as if ever since it's day one, there was a big regret for him to go there. But finally, for, for the first time, it seems for the length of this deal that he's on with Nashville, he seems to be doing well, at least from an offensive standpoint. I don't know if he's doing enough to get himself on Team Canada this year, but uh, I think the most impressive bounce back season for Matt Duchesne, he's, that's my pick for it. Also, the one last thing I'll say about Matt Duchesne is this before I leave the floor to you guys. I still don't forgive him for essentially giving us that offside yeah. review thing. He will never yeah. be forgiven for that. He it's ruined, all his fault. Matt Duchesne ruined the NHL. He did. Wow. He was 50. I don't know. Wait, 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 wait. Hold okay. on. I don't know if I'm going to okay. go so far and say Sorry. ruin the NHL. Okay. He didn't ruin the he NHL, but like. He definitely, yeah. it's, it's, it's his fault. Let's be real. Because he was 50 it's miles his fault offside. We have that and now Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Because of that, we're looking at like whether someone's was like a millimeter offside. And they're like, it sucks. Like there's the biggest goal gets scored. And then it's like, well, no, coach's challenge, review it. Right. And even the whole offside thing as well. That's that started with um with um not the offside. Like like where if you enter the zone offside, but you're in the zone for like 30 seconds and then score it, and they can just review it. That's so does that still happen? I don't know if that's I don't know if that's happened yet. I'll season, stop like, you there because that is an entire episode for itself. Give me yeah. a bounce back candidate <laughs> if you can. No, it's my fault because yeah. I brought that out into the universe. Um yeah, for me, I would definitely say I'd say Nazim Kadri. I think oh, and not good. and not because you and not because Kadri isn't ha, ha, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um oh my god. Um it's funny how Clifford got got called up. Um He's, uh, I don't know if he's going to play the game with the Leafs soon, but he's wearing 43, which is Kadri's number. And I'm like, oh, all right. Okay, and stop then, weeping over uh, nostalgic anyway, days. Why is that uh, Kadri your pick? Yeah, so for Kadri, it's not like Kadri, like, you know, has, you know, been a bad player. But I think how, after how last season ended, where, you know, another 
no playoff suspension took him out of the playoffs. And I think a lot of people were actually interested to see how he would respond from that. And I think he's done a great job. And right now I think he has like, like six goals and like 23 points or something like that. And he's already close to eclipsing his total from the year before. And he just looks like he still has that fire. He's still cadre, you know, but I, I think he looks a little more determined and focused and knows that he can't really afford to do anything that dumb again. But on the other side, and this is another way I guess I'll have to connect it to, to the Leafs is that, it's the Leafs and Kadri are very similar where it's like, a, okay, well, let's see when the playoffs start. So, you know, you know, Kadri can have, you know, this, you know, can continue on the trajectory finish with like 50 or 60 points or whatever, but, you know, game one of the playoffs, the rest of the first round, you know, are you going to be there? Are you going to be playing in the playoffs in the first round and the second round, or are you going to do something again to kind of take yourself out, take yourself out of the lineup? But I think right now, as far as like, you know, um, I guess bringing some more positivity to you know to his role on the team, especially with like McKinnon out. Um, I think he's done a great job so far. Who's uh, gonna go next? There we go. August, uh, it's we're, we're we're dancing. Me and Avery are dancing today. Um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned Matt Duchesne off the top because doesn't it seem like Matt Duchesne always sort of has his best performances when the carrot of a Team Canada is looming, like. Wasn't he great mm. in 2014, right before the Olympics? And then again mm. in 2016, World Cup. I, I didn't think that about that. Mm. I feel like Matt Duchesne wants to be on Canada's Olympic team, but I'm here to tell him that, you know, the 12 goals he scored so far this season isn't quite going to cut it. I'm going with a guy who's going to be at the Olympics, and that's Johnny Gaudreau staying mm. in Alberta. Uh, I mean, I thought the, like, the relationship was done between Calgary and Johnny Gaudreau. I thought he was going to be on the East Coast as soon as maybe this season because – him and Daryl Sutter, oil and water, right? It just didn't seem like yeah. that was going to ever be a mix. And now he's fifth in league scoring. He looks like the Johnny Gaudreau of old, yet he's playing on a team that's been so defensively responsible and dominant in that aspect. So I feel like he's sort of had the most surprising, you know, bounce back performance, at least in that context. Also want to give a shout out to Ryan Getzlaff, who looks like yeah. Ryan Getzlaff of 10 years ago, you know, maybe Canada Olympic team, Ryan Getzlaff right now, producing at a point per game. Uh, I'm a big Ryan Getzlaff stand, so I had to throw his name in the mix as well. That's okay. Dude is killing it. Finds himself over 1,000 points, all-time points leader for the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks, uh, when's the last time we thought about them as a legit team in the National Hockey League? He and the rest of that team have been on a resurgent run over the last little while. So no qualms with you mentioning uh, Ryan Getzlaff as an extra. All right, Avery. Hit us with one, Avery. All right, so you know, you know what, Justin, my guy was gets up. My guy was also for me. It was, it was also um, gets up as well too. Gets up, nineteen points, second in team scoring, aging like mm-hmm. a fine wine on that team, mm-hmm. fully youngster with Trevor Zegras, uh, Troy Terry. It's amazing what he's doing now at his age at three at thirty six years old. But I also want to mention, I came on this show a few weeks ago and said that Dallas Aikens would be canned by Christmas. The Ducks are third in, in the division. So I want to apologize. Everybody, every Ducks fan in Orange County, I'll look, in, I'll look upon this camera and say, Duck fans, I am sorry. I didn't mean it. Will you accept me as a fan of hockey Twitter, you know, a fan of your, of your star player? Because I thought they would be in the basement. I thought the Ducks would be where the Kraken are right now. But Get Slap has been a part of this team that we've been seeing right now. Rebuild? What rebuild? We're coming for the playoffs. I wonder how many people uh, who are Ducks fans got confused because you said look pawn the camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You hit him, hit him with the patois. <laughs> hey, you hit him with the patois, man. He's like, I, what is this Jamaican accent he's putting oh. on? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you know, I had to make a swipe at uh, people who are just ignorant and not in the know. That had to come out at some point. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I don't know. Anyway, I think we have some pretty good picks in terms of bounce back candidates. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of guys who are actually trying to make a way for themselves this year doing pretty well. Uh, and with that, uh, unless there's any other thoughts you want to add to close off that segment, uh, we can actually get to uh, this other topic that is probably the biggest story in the National Hockey League today. Uh, the, the New Jersey Devils and their alternate jersey, which literally has jersey on the front. Uh, it, it, yes, is so, it is pretty much. Yeah, it, it literally is what it is. Uh, we, we've put together this summit with all of you guys to give us your takes on this jersey and your own personal style and what you might want to add to this if you don't think it's a nice jersey. Personally, I don't actually hate it, but I'm actually just curious just to start off what you guys think of the New Jersey Devils and what they got going on. Uh, well, I'll answer then- your question, sorry, with a question. Is there, what jersey's worse in the NHL? Like, does anyone have an idea of what, jersey might be actually worse than that one anyone okay I've never are we, are we, i'm not really too, i'm not really too big of a fan of the dallas one the dallas alternate yeah i'm not i'm not too big a big a fan of it. like the, the black i mean i'm not a huge fan like either, either but it's like it's objectively nicer come on it's nicer yeah yeah Dallas yeah. stars alternate it looks jersey? like Wait. they want to go to like mini putt glow in the dark whatever <laughs> it was laser quest whatever oh. you did in grade seven for your birthday yeah but <laughs> it's like it, the, this is, the design is better. The design yeah. is better. There's no worse jersey, I don't think, in the NHL than the one that the Devils released today. I don't really hate it. Damn. Like, all the jerseys are a lot better. The the ceiling, or the floor, I guess, is closer to the ceiling now. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you had a lot of time to put thought into it, and you chose Martin Brodeur to design it, and the result is what it is. Like, should we really be surprised? I don't know. Maybe get professionals in there to design jerseys I don't know. Maybe I don't really care that much. It sounds like I care, but I don't really care that much. Maybe that's a sign of getting older, but like, I don't know. It's, it's pretty clearly a failure in my eyes, but I don't know. I'm curious to see what you guys have to say. Yeah. It it kind of looks like the, it kind of looks like the, um, like the puppet from five nights at Freddy's. I don't know if anyone knows that game, but I don't know what that is. Just, if you just Google five nights at Freddy's puppet, like, it looks exactly like the puppet. Like it's all black and it has it the Five like, Nights candy at cane. Freddy's. Yeah, it's just Five Nights at Freddy's puppet. That's what it looks like. And that's why when I saw it the first time I laughed and thought it was a joke. And then once I like I looked at the actual report, I was like, oh no, it, this is this is serious. I'm like, what kind actually, of games do you play, buddy? I don't what is this. <laughs> I don't play it. I just saw it. Can we throw up like a photo of of this yeah, puppet yeah, here? Sure. Like, please, it looks like the puppet from Five Nights at Freddy's, literally. And this is like, like and I don't nightmare fuel. It's, it's so weird. Like, I don't, I don't get why it just says Jersey. Unless, like, if they did it on purpose to be funny, then that's kind of funny. Like, if they just said, like, hey, let's take off the new, and it just says Jersey, and it's Jersey, haha. Like, then that's that's kind of funny. But like I don't know, man. Like besides that, there's nothing. There's nothing really to it. It's just like, like a black bodysuit with stripes on it. You know, like I don't know. There's, there's nothing really, really too much. And, and yeah, to Justin's point. It's like, do we really need to get Martin Brodeur to, to design a jersey? Like, 
come on like get get someone else to do it like at least like because like you can do you look at this you compare with like other jerseys around like the the jets alternate is is amazing like i love that's a nice one time. that's I objectively nice time. yeah and i think the kings are doing like a throwback one to like the gretzky era oh, gretzky era like Beautiful. like that's a good one so it's yeah. like and like you see all these and it's like what the heck happened like <laughs> like what 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 went wrong so yeah, I'm definitely not not a not a fan of it. Um, I, it's it's pretty it's pretty funny to me to be honest. Uh, honestly, you know what? It reminds me of you remember those old you know where uh, Zellers? These have jerseys there. They weren't official jerseys. They're like <laughs> Zellers. You're saying it's bootleg? Is it- <laughs> yes, it's bootleg. They look bootleg, but they're not the worst in the league. The worst in the league are the Sharks alternates because it sounds like oh. the Sharks. You are best known for teal and white. Don't go black. You're known for teal and white. Stay with that as your primary looks. The best they've black all- before, and they've looked good with black. No, it has not. The best jersey of all time was the Doug Wilson era Sharks jerseys. Stay with those that. are real nice, though. Those yes, are real nice, like, objectively speaking. Yeah. Man, those there. black jerseys are nice. Those are to way me, they're better. nice black jerseys. Way better. To yeah. Me, oh black, yeah. Black jerseys should have died twenty years ago. Back when teams like ooh, black jerseys. We're edgy. You know what's edgy? I'm wearing a Peter Pan fedora unironically. That's edgy. <laughs> Black jerseys should have died in 2001. I'm sorry. I mean, that, that needs, again, that I, I, I can't follow that, but like, you said it was like from Zellers. Like, it's literally yeah. a stock font, too, on, this, on the, like, the cursive font is Ooh. like, you can find that on your computer somewhere, and Marty Broder yeah. just printed that out plastered it on the front of the jersey it looked like there's nothing original about it it looks like lame cursive writing on a black canvas which is apparently a no-go in avery's world and 21 stripes because you know that's how many counties are in there like that that's too many stripes too many stripes in a jersey i'll I'll say this the extra extra stuff going on when they're on the ice yeah the extra stuff going on where it's all like yeah these stripes are for every county i'm not here for that are you serious i thought they're just so there's a okay That's there's, a whole, there's a whole there's a whole graphic where they like point to specific parts of the jersey and they like the uh like the, the strings like right at the front like yeah like they point at it and it says like for the legacy and I was like what legacy of what <laughs> I, I I guess for Berder I, I don't I don't know like I I'll say this like the extra I'll say this about the jersey I think some of the hate that's going around for the jersey is a little bit much. I don't think it's the worst alternate jersey that's out there. Like the Dallas Stars one is pretty bad. And I think with a few alterations, like the piping on the sides are pretty weird. I know some people have have let it be known that they are pro piping, but uh, I'm a little, you know, uh, and and I get it, Avery, you're smiling at me phrasing. Yes, pro piping. Give me piping in moderation, for God's sake. There's like 10 (laughs) pipes on it. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. oh, I'm sorry. I'm 14. <laughs> we got to Justin. I'm sorry. We, we, we got to use that clip a lot. Anyway. Um, there are some alterations that are going to have that. I wish were made with this Jersey. And I, you know what? There's a part of me that kind of hopes that uh, they lead into the fact that they're going to use Jersey and maybe hat and maybe they label pants and stuff like that. But this Jersey is not nearly as bad as some people think. However, uh, the whole way the Jersey has been unveiled pointing at all these things that have all these just 
these meetings that don't really care. However, they were showcasing Jack Hughes and PK Subban wearing the jerseys. I think that's a little bit extra for the jersey that's out there. For a jersey that if you change the logo and add a little bit more piping, there's that word again on the bottom, you pretty much get the Chicago Blackhawks jersey, what they did a couple of years ago, where they did the whole blackout thing. So I don't think the jersey's that bad. I actually think with a few changes, you can actually turn it into a pretty good alternate jersey because I don't have a problem with black jerseys. I don't have a problem with the way some of it looks. It's just... I don't know. It's just kind of falls short, but I don't think it's so bad. They're like, like, do you guys remember when the Canadians were wearing those like barber pole jerseys from a couple years ago? Those were bad. Those were bad. Those were bad. They were excellent. But they, but but also they were bad. They're so bad that some people considered them good. Like, I don't know. (laughs) They're they're bad. They're bad enough that they were good. They're like, like I don't know. What's what's a thing that's really bad? That's so bad that's good. Oh, uh, the Suicide Squad movie that came out a couple years ago. Oh, really? Damn. Yeah, some of You said that without okay. hesitation. You just had some. Yeah, that, 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 movie, that, movie, that movie is tough, but it has Will Smith in it. So, like, it, it has some endearing, endearing parts of it. But, yeah, the movie's tough. I will say, if there's an endearing part of the jersey, the numbers look pretty good. And that's why it might yeah. look okay on the ice. Because yeah. you'll see a lot of the back of the jerseys. The numbers look pretty smart. So it might look okay. But again, all jerseys in the NHL pretty much look okay at this point. So that's not really saying much, to be honest. I guess. All right. I think we've delivered enough. uh, We've had enough deliberation over uh, the state of Jersey and the way that they're – well, actually, sorry. New Jersey's technically not a state. I guess the sweater, but uh, also (laughs) someone someone might take it as me saying New Jersey's a state, but I don't think it's actually a state. Yeah, it's a state. Oh, it's a state. Can we scrub that? No. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. <laughs> wait, Julian, All right. you think, wait, you went to school in New York, Julian. How do you not know that? Like, no, 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 it's just, you know, new, I, I went to school in New York, not New Jersey. Still, Judy's right over there, though. I, I know, I know, I'm very much aware, but I, I know, like, with DC, it's not a state, it's I don't know what the actual word for DC is, but like, is it like it's district? Not it's a district. I guess it's a district yeah. of Columbia in America. I don't know. Well, what? You, look, you, you're getting mad at me about New Jersey and being hesitant about calling it a state. I'm sure if you go to, you know what? Let me not insult the intelligence of some people in America. That's not very fair to do. Okay, we can scrub that, I guess, from the episode. Um, before I get myself in more trouble. Um, yeah, this was uh, another scintillating edition of Zone Time. I'm sorry if it seemed as if I was going to make some bad joke about how people in America might not actually know about all the provinces we have up here. We can't insult the intelligence of anyone on the show because there are a lot of smart people everywhere. Uh, but also, there's some other smart people here. Uh, Avery, Omar, Justin, thanks so much for tuning in uh, and, and being on with me for this week's edition of Zone Time. Hopefully I don't get canceled, I guess. Peace. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 
luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.